0: Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast in which we talk about the secrets behind living the life you've always dreamed of. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Bola Shokunbi. Bola is a prolific blogger. She's a podcaster. She's a YouTuber who loves to talk about money, specifically about empowering women around the topic of money. Bola, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Ellen. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. This is an important one, and I have um, like 100 questions for you. We probably don't have time for 100, but um, let's see what we can do. So you started a company around this whole idea of empowering women to take ownership around money, and you called your company Clever Girl Finance. So I have lots of questions about that. But I w- <laughs> thought we would start out with your story. And you had a great role model early on with your mom, and I just kind of wanted to hear um, you know, how you – learned about money in your early childhood, in your early life?
1: Absolutely. So... You know, growing up, I came from a a family that I would describe as okay, middle class. And uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was a breadwinner. My mom had four kids. And my mom had gotten married really young. She got married when she was 19, and she started having kids. And as she got older, she started to see things happening with her friends that she didn't really like. So some of her friends would go through divorces, and they would come out with basically nothing because they had no idea of the family finances or they weren't involved. Or some of them would unfortunately lose their spouse. And they basically would have no idea where the family assets were and nothing. So my mom decided that, you know, this basically was never going to be her. And she took it upon herself to, you know, go to college um, and then start businesses so she could start making money. My mom had a number of different businesses. She had a number of different jobs, but she just started putting money aside. And then fast forward several years later, you know, I was getting ready to go to college abroad, um, and I'm originally from Nigeria. And my brothers had gone to college abroad. My father had paid for that in cash. Fortunately for us, he had, you know, he had saved money to send my brothers to college. But when it came to my turn, my father had to retire unexpectedly about 15 years earlier than he planned, which in the grand scheme of someone's retirement planning, that's a huge deal. And so my college, you know, education abroad, that plan was going to be put on hold. And so my mom kind of stepped in and was like, well, Bola doesn't really need to take a gap year. You know, I'm going to pay for her to go to college. And based on my mom's savings and all the hard work she had put in over the years, she was able to pay for me to go to college abroad. She paid for my tuition, my rent, my books, my plane tickets, and basically paid for my entire college ride. you know, for the four years that I was in college. And that is just something that I am eternally grateful for. So that's really where the first, you know, the first touch of money came from and then as I got older you know I started to see I made my own money mistakes of course you know I went to college I got my first credit card got into all this trouble had to deal with paying off that debt and then as I got older and I became a mother myself I got married you know having my own kids I started to see some of the same things my mom was concerned about happening now with my own friends and a lot of things that my friends would ask me about were well how did you save all this money because one of the things I did when I first graduated from college and I kind of got over my credit card mistake was that I saved over $100,000 in the first three years after I graduated only making about $54,000 starting out before taxes. Um, so my friends would ask me, how did you save this money? How did you learn how to invest? And I was kind of in that space where I wanted to do something that, you know, mattered to me. I loved my career, but I wanted to do something that was more like legacy based for my children. I was like, why not start Clever Girl Finance, start this business to empower women to share what I know with my friends and women like my friends and women like me. And that's really, you know, the summary of my backstory. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's awesome, and it's so inspirational to hear that you were able to save all that money at a time when many people have no savings, you know. No. It's it's so common, at least in the States. You know, I'm not sure if it's the same in Europe or Africa or, you know, other countries. I, I don't mm-hmm. know the stats, but I know in the States, you know, many people have no no plan, no no cushion, you know.
1: That is true. And, you know, I saved that money in the States. So I came to finish my last year of college in the States and I got a job working in consulting, um, in New York. And that's where I saved the money. It was just, it was me wanting to challenge myself and me wanting to do more. And I picked up a book that changed my life. It was a personal finance book, it's, um, still in circulation. It was called smart women finish rich by David back. And that book just was, it, it, it turned on so many light bulbs in my, he- in my head. And I thought, wait, you know, I'm only making $54,000 before taxes. After taxes, it's about $40,000. I'm going to challenge myself to see how much I could possibly save. Like that was like my one challenge. And so in doing that, you know, I cut back dramatically on my spending. Um, I started a side hustle. I worked extra hours. I saved all my Little bonuses from my job. I saved all of my tax returns, and I just got very lean and mean and aggressive, pursuing this goal on my small income. I mean, I consider that a small income for New York City because at the time I had friends who were working in investment banking that were making a hundred thousand dollars base and were getting a hundred thousand dollars in bonuses, and there I was making forty thousand dollars after taxes and getting like a thirty thousand dollar bonus. <laughs> so to me, that was a small income. But once I got to that point where I crossed that hundred thousand mark. I was like, wait a minute, if I can do this, then other people can do this. And I can do even bigger than this. And so it was just really educating myself, getting aggressive, cutting down my expenses, starting that side hustle. I started a photography business. Um, I made sure I contributed to my 401k, even though I didn't know what it was, I didn't fully understand it. I knew that I was getting free money. So I started out by contributing enough to get that match. And, you know, I also minimized what I spent on credit because a lot of times credit card debt is what gets people into a lot of trouble. So I, I avoided that as best as I could. And when I did use my credit card, I made sure that I was paying the balance off in full every month.
0: So when you were doing that, when you were in that like really focused stage of saving all that money, were there um, creative ways that you found to maybe treat yourself or have some fun or, um, you know, I, I think that many people in this modern era are into, um, instant gratification or, you know, just, uh, not waiting, not, not saving. I'm sure that's why a lot of us don't save, but, um, were there things that you were, you know, doing for yourself so that it wasn't a miserable experience? (laughs)
1: So, for me, you know, it doesn't take a lot to make me happy. Um, So, going to the movies was a treat, you know, and that doesn't cost a lot of money. Um, I don't drink alcohol, you know, so when I would hang out with my friends, um, I just never bought alcohol and that was huge savings. (laughs) Um, so it was just small things like that. Um, you know, I used to like nail polishes, like little cheap nail polishes. I had so many colors. And when I was home, like doing nothing, I would paint my nails and be excited about my bright nails. So it was just small things that um, made me excited. And I was also working a lot. So I didn't really have time to wallow about, oh, my God, you know, I can't go hang out. I was work I was really busy working. And to me, the biggest excitement was seeing my account balance grow. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, that's huge. And I think, you know, you kind of hit upon something where it's, it's mindset and it's finding ways to be, um, satisfied or happy with the nail polish or (laughs) I'm, I'm really interested in the idea of gratitude and abundance. And, and I, I like Oprah a lot and she says, you know, if you ever can't think of anything to be grateful for, just you know, think about breathing, just think about your breath (laughs) and, um, and, you know, just look around you. There's, uh, there's, you, you lived in New York, so like there's Central Park and there's a ton of things that are free that are just awesome.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that kind of brings gratitude into perspective for me is that, you know, when you stop and think about the fact that I was healthy, right. And your health is one of the most important things it is the most important thing because if you don't have good health then you don't have anything, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Right. So that in itself is one thing to be grateful for the fact that you opened your eyes today and you, you know, a lot of people didn't do that today. That's another thing to be grateful for. And also the fact that we live in America
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> is something to be grateful for because there's tons of opportunities here. So I think sometimes when you're in the motions of things or you're going through a difficult period, it's hard to be grateful But they're, you know, they're just very simple things that we can just spend a minute being grateful, grateful for that will help us improve our mood.
0: Yeah, totally. And I I really think, you know, a lot of times when people aren't um, centered in that gratitude or centered in their own happiness or this idea that happiness comes from within them, I do think that that's oftentimes when I see people spending money and trying to find happiness in the new car or in the material thing mm-hmm. that they think they need. And, and that's also when I've seen a lot of people get into trouble. So it's, to me, it's a worthwhile investment to really learn how to be grateful in the moment, happy, and, and finding ways to experience life without it needing to be about money too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. So anyway, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk to you about something that's really been a hot topic lately um with all the the um women's equality and you know, all the the, the movements around um well there's all the you know sexual stuff going on but people have also mm-hmm. been talking um pretty pretty um actively about I- inequality in wages and how um you know men are there there is a wage gap, it's it's a fact. And yes. there's lots of reasons for this um happening but one thing i was hoping that we could talk about is the fact and, and i hope i'm not going to offend anybody by saying this but i think that women really do have some issues around this and i think we do need to learn to negotiate better when we're asking for a salary we do need to own the value of our work and ask for what we're worth you know when we're setting our prices and we do need to find our voice and, and know our value when we're asking for a raise or, um, you know, any of these things. And I, I heard a statistic once where um, when when two people are, you know, coming out of college, they're both going into their first job, and um, women frequently, and I, I didn't have time to look this up, I apologize, but women frequently are given an offer and they take the offer, whereas men – more frequently will negotiate for that first salary and perhaps start out with a few thousand dollars more but then over the lifetime of the career men end up with the significantly you know significantly more money just because they started at a higher place so sorry for the long question but let's talk about that what (laughs) do do you find that with your work with women that we do have some issues around this?
1: Absolutely. Um, I think it's, it's common, even I've been guilty of not asking what I'm worth, especially in the early stages of my career when I still work full time. And I think it just has to do with who women are generally, not to like stereotype, but we're generally, generally, you know, we're generally givers. Um, we're not as aggressive, you know, and um, a lot of times we don't want to come across like we are, you know, that, you know, for lack of a better word, the bitch, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so it's stuff that I struggled with, you know, when I've applied for jobs and I've gotten a salary, you know, my first job when I was earning $54,000, I actually had a conversation with another coworker, and I found out that he was making $60,000 and the only difference between, of obviously the, the gender pay gap is there, but to me at that time, the only difference was the fact that I was like, why did you get the 60000 He's like, well, I asked for more money, and I didn't. And so we need to get used to asking for what we're worth. And it's taking an assessment and looking at the value of all you do as a woman. What do you bring to the table? And when you look at yourself that way, you take that assessment, you realize that you're worth so much. You know, There was a, there was a um, survey I did online, and it was called The Value of All You Do as a Mom. And basically, it was putting a dollar amount to everything that you do as a mother. And it was like being a driver, being a cook, being a tutor, being a cleaner, being the, you know, all these other different things. And it actually came out to a full-time salary of about $80,000 for all the things that I did as a mom. But, um, you know, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's, it costs zero because I love to do it. You know, so a lot of times we put our heart in front of our worth. You know, we love this job or we would love to be here. We'd love to support the team. You know, it's okay what I get. But I think it's important for us to ask what we're worth. And it's it's looking back and taking that assessment of what we are worth, looking at your experience, looking at the time you put into developing that product or service. Looking, looking at, you know, the audience you've built that's buying products from you and understanding that, you know what, I can charge more for this. I can ask for a better salary. I can tell them when I want to get promoted. I can raise my prices and be comfortable and confident in that and understand that if you get pushback and if you get no, then maybe those are not the right people for you.
0: Yeah, totally. And, you know, it's like I've even heard women, I've even heard myself apologizing for, Charging money for things. <laughs> I like, mm-hmm. it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, something that really, that I, I, I share with my audience a lot, something
1: I think it's really important to keep in mind as women is that we have to ask for what we're worth. Because, number one, like you mentioned, Ellen, there's the, the pay gap, right? You know, it, that's a, that's a big difference over the course of someone's working or business lifetime. And then when you break it down by demographic, the numbers are even worse. There's that. There's a the fact that many, many women will take time away from their businesses and from their careers to have babies or maybe to be stay-at-home moms for a few years. So even if you're only gone for a few months or for a few years, you know, your employer will tell you, oh, that's not going to affect your performance. But you're not there for three months to prove yourself. As this valuable employee, Um, it impacts you being top of mind with your customers because if you have to step away from your business and you don't really have the support staff to keep your business running while you're taking this time off, you lose time from being on top of mind from your your customers and it gives your competitors an opportunity to come in and take over that market space, right? There's a fact that we live longer than men, right? So that means we need more money in our retirement and there's a fact that when it comes to our children and our dependents we give 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 and we think about ourselves last a lot of moms you know that are listening they may find it really difficult to say no to their kids and so knowing all of these different factors you know is something that should motivate us to go out and ask for what we're worth because we need that money
0: We do need that money and and we deserve that money and you know just we like de- your we example deserve the money your, yes with your male coworker and that's that's kind of what I was talking about was is when you start out with that gap and then y- both you and he are getting mm-hmm. raises throughout the course of your career even yes. if it's the same percentage raise he's going to end up with way more money just by having asked for the initial um, mm-hmm. you know higher salary so we we have to check our issues at the door and just get over it and just like, yep. <laughs> just go ask for sure. Um, but let's, um, let's, let's keep, you know, moving on cause I have so many things I want to ask you. And, um, so one of my questions is for people that have, do find themselves with a lot of debt because many of us are in this situation. I want to talk a little bit about dealing with that and maybe mindset because the, the um, you know if you, if you're in a situation where you're not happy but you want to make some changes and move forward and and come out better at, at the end of the day um, i kind of have this philosophy that one way to do it is to um, set up your payments and set up your payment plan and all of that but to shift your focus a, a, away from always focusing on the debt and focusing more on the growth, you know, does that make sense to you? Does that?
1: Absolutely. It it does. Um,
0: You know, I think it's, it's, debt is never,
1: (laughs) it's never fun. It's never something you're going to look about, look at and be like, Oh my God, I'm so happy I have all this debt. And (laughs) it can (laughs) can be very demoralizing in the meeting, especially when you're trying to climb out of a ton of debt and even more so when you have nothing to show for it. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's, I think the psychology of when you own a home but you're paying off on work is a little different than when you spent all that stuff on shopping and traveling and just random things and now you have this big bulk of debt and you don't you have nothing to show for it but I think like you said it's really really important to focus on the outcome and where you're trying to go to and the goals that you have set for yourself right and it's all about inching towards those goals and getting yourself out of debt is going to move you closer towards those goals and I think you know the mindset understanding that you really have to think bigger than the current situation and focus on what you're trying to accomplish. But you also want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right motivators and the right circle of influence because you're going to have days where it's just like woe is me this debt is a nightmare i can't do this anymore i just want to quit i want to go out and shop i want to book that vacation because i'm so tired on my credit card but you need to have the right influencers around you people that are going to tell you listen you can do this, I've done this, or we're doing this together, let's keep going, don't forget about your big goals. So a lot of it is making sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people and also the right things, you know, like whatever you consume as, you know, a TV viewer or an audio listener, you want to make sure you're listening to things that are going to motivate you and encourage you and listen to other people's success stories, because I guarantee that for every person in debt that's listening, that feels like they're like drowning there's someone who has been in your space or an even worse situation and has come out of it and there's you know one of the, my favorite podcasts to talk about is the day Reality podcast because there are people that come on come on there from all kinds of really crazy financial situations that they come out of it and they share their stories and it's very motivating for anyone who's trying to get past the situation to know that okay if that person could pay off all these hundreds of thousands And who am I not to do that? So surround yourself with the right things, what you consume. And then being accountable, finding that one person that you can trust that's not going to demean you, that's not going to laugh at your goals, that's not going to tell you, oh, that's impossible. Finding that person who has either done what you're trying to do or who is on the same path as you and just making that person someone that you stay connected to so that you can go on the journey together. When you're having those, <clears throat> me, when you're having those difficult days where you're like, oh, my God, I can't do this, you have someone to fall back on, right? And they have you as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And that and that is just like paramount of importance. You know, it's to have the right people around you. And they say that you're the average of the five people that are you're around most often. And mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're hanging out with Debbie Downers and people that are just all like, um, oh, you're never going to get that
1: <laughs>
0: guess what? Yeah that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So what about so money in general is just such a loaded topic for people. And, uh, there's, and a lot of it comes from childhood. Uh, many people grew up hearing money is the root of all evil and rich people are greedy and, you know, um, stuff like that. And, and there's almost like a self-sabotaging thing that can go on where, You know, everybody wants money, everybody says they want money, but there's almost like this self-sabotaging element that can happen when we um, sometimes want it, but we kind of are scared of it. You know, you know how, you know, how lottery winners, you know, a lot of times they blow all the money because they're just not equipped to deal with it or they just maybe don't really want it. Mm -hmm. Uh, What about, what about all of that? What about mindset about money itself?
1: so I mean the lottery winners statistic is crazy you know like I think it's like seven out of ten lottery winners that if you go look at them like seven years later like they're back where they started no matter how much money they they won um it's really because they don't have the skill right so money is is two there's two things around money first of all money is not evil and it's not good it's simply a tool right it's like a knife you can use this knife to carve your turkey perfectly or you can use it to cut off your hand it's it's what you do with the tool. You can use it for good. You can use it for evil. It's not the the money itself that's evil. It's the person with the intent behind the money. And so that's the one thing people need to understand. People who are rich, who are wealthy, they might be evil people, but it's not because they are wealthy. Their wealth just allows them to magnify who they truly are. And then the other thing is that, you know, one the other thing about money is the actual skill, and a lot of people feel like, well, you know, they get into this mind frame, well, I'm bad with money. And again, money is a tool, and it's a subject, and being good at money is a skill set that you can learn, and it's a skill that you can learn. Like when you learn how to swim, or when you learn to ride a bike, you're gonna fall off a few times. You're gonna you know, gasp for air when you're swimming a few times. But if you keep practicing, then you become great at riding that bike and you become great at swimming. And when you stop doing it consistently, then you get rusty the next time you get into onto that bike and you start to, you know, gasp for air again the next time you try to swim the full lap of the swimming pool. So that's how you think about your money. It's a tool and being good at it is a skill that you can learn. And once you can disassociate your emotion from the actual tool that money is, and you can focus on, you know, adjusting your mindset and making yourself that better person, focusing on your personal development, dealing with that tool that is money will become so much easier.
0: Yeah, that's a really good way to put it is to disassociate yourself with that with the emotional um pull of money because it's sometimes that emotional um you know we we get tied up in that and then that can lead us to poor decisions sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I really like the way you put and that. And
1: it it can be hard sometimes, but again, it's it's practice. It's practice. It's like, you know, with when If you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to, you know, like when you went through the four years to get through college or you went and you got a master's degree or you got an MBA or whatever it is, you spend time studying and practicing and making sure you got your grades right, filling, finishing all your papers and your projects. Money is the same thing. It's, you know, I think there is this expectation that being good at money should just be something that you're born with. But it's it's not, who is born with anything? Even babies have to learn how to talk. They have to learn how to walk, to crawl. They have to learn how to feed themselves. It is all about learning, right? And that's what people have to understand. Don't, there's just this whole standard of, oh, you should automatically be good with money. And that's just not the
0: case. Yeah, yeah, that's, and, and I want to talk to you about what, you know, services you offer because obviously you are, in that role. And that's, that's awesome. Many of us didn't have good role models too growing up around money. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many issues. It's just so deeply rooted a lot of times, but, um, I just have one, one last question before we talk a little bit about what, um, what you're doing with, with, um, clever girl finance, which is super, super cool. But, um, for, these, for, for young people coming out into the world, graduating college or you know, whatever they're, however they're coming into the workforce and into dealing with their own um, money and um, learning to save it and not have too many catastrophes, um, what, what kind of advice do you have to offer if you could pick one or two things to just tell a 20, 21-year-old um, coming into the world?
1: So I would basically, you know, what I would tell my younger self is get on a budget, you know, and a budget is your best friend. It's not your enemy. It's not punishment. You know, it's not restriction. Your budget is what's going to help you become successful with your money. And in your budget, you want to make sure that you're factoring in your savings, your student loan repayments, and also a little bit of fun money. Because sometimes, you know, like you said, you asked me at the beginning, you get in this space where you feel like, I wanna have some fun, and it's okay to have the fun. You just wanna make sure that you're planning accordingly and you're allocating money towards your fund that is within reason. So if we know you have to make student loan payments, you have to pay your rent, you have to contribute to your 401k, then it may not make sense to spend 50% of your paycheck every month on happy hour and traveling, right? You want to make sure you prioritize accordingly. So I would say get on the budget, make it your best friend and understand that your budget is working for you and not against you. And then the other thing I would tell them is immerse yourself in personal in self-development, especially around improving your finances. Because when you immerse yourself in something, right, it's always on your mind and it helps you get better and better at it. And by immersing yourself in it. I don't mean go drown in your debt statements. <laughs> I mean find the books and the and the podcasts and the YouTube videos and things like what you do Ellen with this podcast. Find those things that keep you in that frame of mind where you're excited and motivated to go out and pursue your goals.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. It reminds me of one thing I just want to share. Um even though I've been in business now I have my own business and it's been almost 10 years. I hated looking at my finances for years. And I just, I just hated it. I didn't even want to look at it. It's horrible to admit that, but it's absolutely true. And I had a business coach once who said, you know, don't judge it. Just get curious about it. Just look at your numbers. They're just numbers. And I thought that was really great advice. You know, and it's kind of like what you're saying, you know, just get curious about it. Learn about it. And don't beat yourself up, but just, you know, like be open to what messages are there for you to hear. Absolutely.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Well, let's talk about Clever Girl. So what what is this whole uh, business about or this whole movement about or however you'd like to describe it? And what services do you offer? So I'm all about
1: empowering women to make the best financial cho- choices for their current selves and also for their future selves, and that I do that through creating content, educational content that's relatable and understandable and comes from a woman's perspective, um, and I blog on my website. I have a podcast. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I share a ton of free content and I also do one-on-one coaching and I have an academy, um, that has group education for women who kind of want to find accountability partners and be in a space with other like-minded women to work on improving their finances. So that's what I do. So I have a course that's on the financial foundation, financial basics. So, getting a plan to organize your finances, get out of debt, save money. And then at the end of the month, I'm launching a course on investment basics, understanding what it is to invest in the stock market. So you can not just, you know, save, but also build real wealth and also generational wealth for your children too.
0: Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I'm going to check that out actually. (laughs) I'd love you (laughs) to. Yeah, yeah, I I totally am going to do that. That sounds awesome. So, um, Bola, it's been awesome talking to you. We're just about out of time, but I'm just wondering if you wanted to lead us leave us with any um final thoughts. I just wanna encourage all the women who are listening and the men, because this stuff applies
1: to, to just, you know, find ways to stay motivated and focus on your big picture and set clear goals and set clear intentions what you want to accomplish in your life that money can help you accomplish, and then come back down and start creating
0: the small steps that you can take to start to work towards achieving those big goals of yours. Fantastic. Thank you. And uh, Bola, how can people get in touch with you?
1: They can find me on my website at clevergirlfinance.com and also on Instagram at clevergirlfinance on YouTube at Clever Girl Finance just search Clever Girl Finance. And my podcast is on iTunes, and it's called the Clever Girls Know Podcast.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm going to put all of those links on the page on my website so that people can find them all in one place and connect forward to you. And I highly recommend that they do so because you've got some fantastic material out there. And uh, thank you for being on the show today. It was really interesting talking with you.
1: Thank you so much, Ellen. It's been a pleasure.
0: Yeah, thank you. And thank you all for listening. This was um, our our weekly podcast, Ready, Set, Grit. And as I said, you can find links to all of BOLA's social media pages and website and YouTube channel on our website, readysetgrit.com. Thanks again, and join us again next Friday when we release another episode with tips on turning your daydream into a phenomenal success. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit. Your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our ebooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit. Inspired actions, real results.